Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, <laughs> it is the Red Men Originals podcast. Um, we are here, me, Paul Beach, and Chris Page, Chloe Blocks, and Dan Club. Uh, we're going to be catching up on what's been going on with the Reds this week, and then in part two, we're going to be discussing priorities, um, just life priorities more than anything else, but maybe some transfer stuff as well. Um, let's let's dive in. Start with the under 21 Euros, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, winning England, uh, the Euro under 21s. Strike. I mean, the, the vision, Chris, the creativity required to generate that kind of finish. The timing. Yeah. The timing, you know, really getting his arse in there at the exact point of... Listen, Steven Gerrard scored a very similar goal for Chelsea uh, in the... In, was it in the League Cup final? Is that right? Um, yeah. Um, I was really hoping it was going to be an absolute screamer. And it, it was... Uh, Good awareness. I love the fact that he's claiming it and everyone else is celebrating with the lad who took the free kick. Mm. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 me, me. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's like no, when you play knockouts as a kid and you were the last one in and someone that you deflect someone's shot in and you just run away celebrating it, hoping you get let get let through. Um it's good for him. I mean, if nothing else, he seems like he had a boss time. He looks to have been one of, if not England's best players in the tournament. I, I said on a video Did he get like the last three man in the matches or something? Definitely the last two. Um but I said the weird difference between him and Harvey Elliott was Elliott actually could have done with playing less football, which he did, and Curtis Jones really needs to play football to play catch-up, so it's ended up being potentially a perfect tournament for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and just the fact that like everybody's cottoned on to how good Curtis Jones is now, and, and not just in the Liverpool scene, but obviously just more in football and stuff. I've seen so many fans of other clubs on Twitter talking about how good he's been and how you know head and shoulders best player in the side and stuff, and that's the confidence that he needs to be able to take into this season coming up because... I imagine before the tournament started or as the tournament was starting when Liverpool was signing those midfielders, his confidence was probably pretty low, to be honest with you. I mean, two lads that we think are going to be playing in his position and you're away from it and you're missing the first part of pre-season because of it. You know those lads are going to join probably before you do. You need to put a, you know, put a marker down and Kurt Jones was able to do that, which tells me that mentally he's really strong as well. Yeah, I'm just really pleased for him, Chloe. You know, he's it's been a tough old time. It's been a tough... 18 months, two years for him, really, when he should have been kicking on. Um, he's had his progress hampered by random injuries. So he ended the season brilliantly. He's carrying on brilliantly in this way. And hopefully he's just able to 
bring that on when he when he, when he does turn up for pre-season training actually hungry for the fight instead yeah and he'll also be going into pre-season with the confidence of well Jürgen Klopp surely you've just watched me be man of the match be player of the tournament here for, for England who've gone and won it um, and he'll be thinking about Alexis McGill what is making a ridiculous what is that noise? Like shut that. up <laughs> that is a cat what is that, that noise? Is screaming so um, <laughs> no it's still going it's so good no he's going to go into pre-season Season and he's going to look at Alexis McAllister and he's going to go, you're my competition, but I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to make it interesting. This isn't competition that's going to hinder me because I will get me opportunities because I've got Europa League, because we're not in the Champions League all the time. There'll be rotation, there'll be FA Cup. Um, so he knows he's going to get a chance, but he's got really tough competition and hopefully that motivates him. Yeah, he's going to come in. Alexis McAllister's going to have his World Cup winner's medal and he's mm-hmm. going to yell at but. You're under 21. You're under 21s. Um, did it without Messi and side as well. Did it with Anthony Gordon playing as a false nine in front of me. I'll have a bit of that. Um, yeah, Dan, it, it's... I think it's... it's a, I'm going to say this statement. I'm not sure I totally... It's totally the reality of the situation, but that shares is his at the moment. We've brought McAllister in. We all presume he's going to come in mm-hmm. straight away because why wouldn't you? World Cup winner. Premier League experience is the right age profile for it but I don't think Curtis Jones will think that way whether no. rightly or wrongly he will be very much I ended the season it'll be his mission to make sure that he starts the season and that yeah. this won't hurt no no not, not at all no he's, he's a lad who's backed himself pretty much since day one and you're right to sort of allude to his injury problems and very much curtailed his developments because he burst onto the scene like very few have done before with that derby goal obviously and yeah. he kind of his performances thereafter when he was dropped into the side were of a lad who was full of confidence just wanted to get on the ball wanted to make things happen because he was like that all through the age groups he was he was the kid he was the one he captained the side give him the ball he'll go make something happen so it's no shock to me that he will come back into pre-season whenever he does after this little break that he's going to rightly have now and he'll be thinking yeah I'm still the one like I'm still the one who's in possession of that shirt give it to me and he'll back himself all the way to beat Alexis McAllister in this little battle the reality of the situation is is it probably is going to be McAllister for the most part you will see Curtis Jones in certain matches in certain games he'll come in to replace McAllister occasionally but I think the competition for places and to have such healthy competition for places is massive for us. Like, how many times last season did our midfield pick itself and not in a good way? Yeah. Like, in years <laughs> gone by, you could say, it picked itself because those three are boss. <laughs> Thiago looks like us. Yeah, oh, last on, year play it again. was like the three that were left standing go and do it. And yeah. it's going to be, hopefully, the complete opposite coming into this season. That's huge. So, yeah, but on the Jones thing, I made up. He's had a really good end to the season. Boss tournament here, and it's exactly what he needed. But I think Curtis Jones at full tilt is a lad who, like I said earlier, absolutely backs his ability 100%. He's confident, he's cocky, he's arrogant. He's all the things you'd expect him to be and want him to be, because that's when he's at his best. And like I say, it's only a good thing for us, this, and the fact that we are going to have actual options in midfield. He had the highest uh, passing percentage in the entire tournament with players over 300 minutes played, which is absolutely outrageous just to set falling apart behind everyone. Um, Which which was like, this is a lad who, you know, last year towards the end of uh, the season was probably the it man in midfield for us. And also on top of that, you know, we've mentioned... McAllister starting but Jürgen loves to bleed these players in at the very beginning so it wouldn't surprise Mm. me if Curtis Jones's name is on the left hand side of the midfield come the first day of the season just to take the pressure off McAllister and bring him on for 30 at some point so you know Curtis Jones is going to get his chance and if he 
plays the performances that he's doing and albeit his passing's been incredible but we'd like to see more creativity which he did have towards the end of the season uh, specifically South uh, specifically Wolves I don't even know what game it was at this point um, but yeah he, he was brilliant who was it on the off terms at Leicester? when he scored two? yeah yeah Leicester yeah uh, yeah, they were sick. The, the other thing as well is Jürgen's not. I don't think Jürgen's afraid to change things up when he sees no. something that he likes. So, for, as an example, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but we saw McAllister play alongside Casado in a two-man midfield at the start of the season for Brighton. Now, if Curtis Jones is in form, Fabinho's not in form, McAllister's in form. Will Jürgen look to find a way to get them both in? Because McAllister play alongside Trent in the in the two of the as mm-hmm. the base of the midfield could Kurt Jones play alongside Sobersly maybe as the two attacking eights mm-hmm. and stuff like that and the other thing to, to sort of riff off Dan's point from earlier obviously he's dealt with the injuries but he came in as a left winger he's moved to an eight he's now moved to an advanced state which is different again these are all things and in each time he hasn't taken that long to get used to these positions he understands Liverpool's system in and and of itself and I remember speaking to Dave Maddock years ago about him and it's like he's the guy that seems to get everything all the time doesn't matter where you put him he understands what is pressing um uh, duties are he understands where he needs to be in terms of joining the attack and stuff like that so he's a very clever player um we all think it's you know when Liverpool moved to that three box three, the the uptick in form came, but that also came with Curtis Jones playing every single week. Yeah. Um. So it could be just more than the change of formation. It could be Curtis Jones's influence on this side as well. He's one of the first sort of graduates of the change that Jurgen Klopp implemented top to bottom. You know, from the first team down through the academy levels. You know, he'd have been about fourteen probably when Klopp comes to the club. You know, you know, so he's then working his way up through the ranks and doing doing it and picking up things as as they go along. He's almost like again the first generation. There'll be more to follow, and they should they should continue to supersede all the ones that have gone before them. But I, I know people. He's a device a divisive character, and I think what I'm glad though is the divisiveness comes down to now. It's not he's he's good or he's shite. It's he's all right or he's good. You know, which is which is. Progress for him, I guess. All I need, all I think Liverpool need him to be is is a good player for mm. them. You know, I, I talk about it all the time, but top quality sides should have a handful of academy graduates who, at the bare minimum, are really useful squad players. United's best teams were filled with them. Liverpool's teams in the you know the seventies had had a, had a handful, seventeen eighties had handfuls of them in on on the, either in the team or on the periphery. Um, Barcelona, you know that's how that's how you're able to afford your stars because you save money by having these guys. So, Kurt, he's two he's two years younger than McAllister. You know, two years ago, I think you know McAllister's playing twenty odd games in the Premier League, getting two or three goals. You know, I wouldn't say anyone was saying he was going to be a star of a World Cup winning team two years hence. And you know, Kurt has got that development time to come. And early days on the twenty one euros is not the World Cup. Um, but you know the old adage, you know, be what's in front of you. Mm. You're going to be at that level, be one of the best at that level, and that's what he's been. It's also important that we have someone else like McAllister who's of the level, because with how many injuries he had, he does need some rest breaks. He does, um, and that is why being able to chop and change him and McAllister in there for whoever needs a rest, whoever's fit enough, or what competition we're prioritising. It's really important that we've got two players who haven't got much difference in in quality when on the pitch 
when they're at their best. Yeah, let's talk then about the return to training. Um, terrifyingly soon, anyone? 41 days, was it, since, oh. the, since the game? It's not a lot of time, is it? Like, um, it scared the shit out of me, to be honest. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Well, I knew it was coming and I wasn't ready for it at all. Well, Daniel going to Karlsruhe next week. No, I am indeed. To yeah. watch us play our first preseason game, and that is not right. That That should be that quick but it's insane yeah. it is insane like yeah it does come around quick it seems to never cease to amaze me how quickly it comes around quite frankly but yeah like say some of the lads I think the rest of the lads go back tomorrow don't they I think the rest of the team well not the rest but the yeah. next load of the team go back tomorrow yeah um, they're only eight in training obviously I was really surprised to see Calvin Ramsey yeah. Yeah, that caught everyone off guard I think, I think anyone when do you go to Preston like the 15th yeah so I think he's in the first week with us and then before we go to Germany he'll go and join Preston yeah but yeah it does come around quick um, but it's good to see I think isn't it? it gets a bit more back to normality and kind of all the conversations that we're having around what things are going to look like we get some more answers now in the coming days and weeks and I love pre-season to be honest with you I like seeing these young lads given a chance and you kind of can earmark onto the future and kind of have a word about where they could or could be in the years to come so yeah it's good yeah, I think that's right. I think the preseason the fight. It's my favourite time of the year because I don't like this period leading up to it when it's nothing but transfer, transfer, transfer. You then I like that thing of like games that really matter, so it's not stressful. Liverpool, it can be a bit crap, but it can be crap during the season and it matters. Mm. It doesn't matter in pre- as much as people try to make it matter. It doesn't. Um, and they're getting those little, those little hints, the little tastes of what someone might do. You'd always have two or three young players, and you're like, "Yes, they're going to be the ones." And then you don't see anything of them. Like I noticed, like uh, Yasser Larucci was in the French team in the under twenty ones the other day, and I was like, "Oh my god, remember him? He was one of them, wasn't he? He was going to be the next, next great." Um, was it Mbappé? I was going to say yeah. Isaac Mbappé this Mbaya time last year. year. Looked a looked a real prospect. It's not really kicked off, but are you, how about you, Chloe? Are you excited for him? Yeah, um, these 41 days have been the most boring 41 days of my life. I absolutely hate the off-season. I needed it, I needed a break, but after about three weeks, I was like, I need the football back on. Um, Now that Liverpool have done two pieces of business, I feel like we are a little bit further away from a third piece of business being done, and I can't be bothered with nothing going on aside from Twitter going up in flames. Um, So it's a good distraction. It's great to see some football back. Uh, Enjoying seeing Darwin New. Speak a bit of English and Joe Gomez absolutely just look at him as if so, to say piss someone off. Someone mentioned this on um, on the Twitch we did last night. He was like, Darwin speaking a bit of English. It's like, imagine you and Cloppy walks in and he goes, he goes, Hey, Darwin, how's it going? Good summer. He goes, Muy bien. And he goes, Oh, for fuck's sake, Darwin. Darwin, get out and get out now. Yeah, it was very cool to see. He was a. Uh, he doesn't quite have the... He, he was speaking English and I think he was like telling people, come on boys, let's go. Yeah. He didn't quite have the um, get up and go in the voice, but it was there and Jay Gomez did just look at him as if to say, just leave it, leave it to everyone else. Leave it to the coach and stuff. Um, but it's good to see. Just try it's, understanding what people are yeah. saying to you more than worrying about what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to see. It's the exciting times where you get to see all the players come back from the holidays and really go for it. Um, and it is literally now a countdown till the season starts which is the most exciting time yeah I like I like this just because again it's that in between time isn't it where you just get to just pleasantly casually enjoy your football club and there's loads of people who just don't watch pre-season stuff and I I mean we're the generation Chris where 
you could get you started to be able to get them on telly but you, you'd have to find pubs with dodgy satellite feeds and we've watched some mad like that one where Pepe Reina comes on in midfield oh God, in yeah. Switzerland or whatever like again it was in a pub I was working at the time we've been we've watched stupid games stupid kickoff times on tiny tellies in the corner of boozers just because it was like a new and exciting thing um, it being LFC TV does add probably a little bit more pressure than it should because people seem to treat it seriously it, it's more that I, I enjoy the football side of it I don't really if I'm being totally frank with everybody enjoyed the talking around the games as much because it feels like I don't even know where to pitch it and this is a personal thing it's like I don't want to just say it doesn't matter because well stuff does matter you know the, the fitness side of things matters but like when you talk about it like we talk about it just saying it doesn't matter doesn't really cut the mustard does it yeah. so it's like yeah. if I'm ha- at home watching it on my own I'm and here's a dance it, for I'm the really... next 59 minutes yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah I'm just I, I just enjoy watching the football but yeah. talking about the pre-season games I actually find really difficult because you need the context of the season to put the pre-season yeah. into perspective which you can't do because one precedes the other I have it mentally in my head a bit like a like a power rankings or whatever of where players kind of fit and you know like I have like a, a, a mental chart in my head of them if they have a good game it pushes them pushes them up a little bit like a little graph or whatever I don't know that's I, I, yeah I just find it find it fun do you remember last year in pre-season when every, there was a singer that they'd put on and everyone came for the singer and yeah. not for the game of 14 yeah it was Jackson Wang iconic in, in um, the was it the Rajamangala Stadium I've got no it was idea. in Bangkok yeah it was I, there was, that was because yeah. there was empty seats, though, wasn't it? Did they put the seat? Yeah, 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 yeah. More people were asked about seeing Jackson. It was the yeah. most bizarre. It was the bizarrest game I've ever been to because there was loads of like goth kids <laughs> running around. They were like a bit like like um, like Harry Styles goth fans, effectively. Like so, people were like mad, like sparkling. But if Michael Jackson meet, meets uh, meets like Ramstein meets yeah Harry Styles, you kind of had what Jackson Wang's fan base look like. It was a uh, interesting wild yeah. <laughs> like yeah yeah so it's sort of like a mini Super Bowl and early. still less stupid looking than people in Man United shirts oh, yeah. Yeah. low hanging fruit um, yeah anyway yeah it, the, the, I love the weirdness and the, and the madness of it all um, but yeah we'll see Karlsruhe on Wednesday we'll be doing a watch along for that and then is it this Monday Monday afternoon it is yeah the second one okay. behind closed doors one is there um when, like, what I don't like about the pre-season is, and I, I totally get it, but you know where, like, one half we'll have just half of the players, and, yeah. the, and I'm like, how am I supposed to know what Liverpool's front 11 is supposed to look like when it's <laughs> chopped up into four 25-minute teams? Like, that that does my head at some point. I understand why. It's the, momen- totally it's the momentum it. killer when they bring them all on at the second half, and you're like, this is basically a new game of football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Um, Okay, uh, yeah, and actually. So, if you were running pre season, would you just have them doing 90s straight from the off? No, but it, it, it does anger me. Oh, I'm like, oh, oh well, there's Darwin, great, and there's Salah. And then it's like the front three for the next one is, is Jota, Diaz, Cozy Gasp. And I'm like. If they just did two 45 minute games, would that be better for you? Well, we've done that. We did that we last did, year. Yeah, we've yeah. done that before. But I know, was that was better? Like, there was four 20 Maybe. minutes for a while they were playing. The, what, it was 420 four minutes, 20 minutes, wasn't it? For what, yeah. In the Austria, two games in Austria were 420 and minutes. And they asked, like, Seth Vandenberg or someone to go again. 
and like play about five games. It is a bit like those, um, yeah, like the, the friendly tournaments where you see, or like charity tournaments and stuff. And it's the ones who are left who are left on at the end, and you're just like, well, you're clearly on because they don't care about your finish. Stefan van der Berg plays four back to back nineties because we just need someone. Cal- to Calvin do the Ramsey job. this year. I remember them doing it at Soccer Aid. I think it was Soccer Aid for Gerard, and like he had a little spell where he was playing with like. Zidane or whatever in, in, in midfield great and then all of a sudden like all the good lads got off and he was still left on the pitch and he's like eh, I'm not a, like a celebrity here. can I can I have a career to think about here yeah. is there anyone in pre-season who you've watched and they've been absolutely amazing you think they've done brilliant but they've not done anything Danny Pacheco Every every year. every year he did it there was a history of there being that footballer and it was Danny Pacheco was like the most celebrated example for our generation. It was followed by Suzo. Yeah. Um, and if anyone's got other examples, let us know in the comments on this one. What, have you got? Have you got ones from your more? No, time? I can think ones that have worked. So when Salah first joined, the the way he was getting in behind pretty much every single three minutes, I was like, oh my god, if yeah. Liverpool just do this, wow, and it did work like that. He, he was unbelievable. But I can't. I, I'm just thinking, like, imagine I get the uh, Darwin Nunes that I did in his last season at Benfica from the off. Like that is going to excite me to the maximum. Like last pre-season. No, because he didn't really. What, he didn't really four. do that, that against games. Crystal Palace or something. And they all came within like. And then there was the Community Shield. Yeah. That did excite me. Yeah. That one, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's move on to transfer stuff. Uh, the Romeo Lavia rumours continue to rumble on with no actual movement. Meaning, um, to say it's been a slow news few days. Dan mm. is is a bit mild to, to be honest. Um, the story so far, I guess, is Liverpool apparently bid. In the in the low thirty millions forum, um, Southampton have reportedly set a fifty million price. Like Liverpool value him more like forty ish. Mm-hmm. He's got a twenty percent. So Man City have got a twenty percent sell on fee if they were to sell him this summer. I believe they've got a buyback clause that activates next summer, yeah. which okay. complicates everything. He's nineteen. He's played thirty five or something senior games for Southampton. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you with this? I am at, I want to sign him because I like him as a footballer. He's clearly the one we've identified now after looking at like the Kevin Tavan. We've clearly decided that Lavia is the next one. I think he fits what we're looking to do. I think he actually fits the six role in the way it's going to be utilised moving forwards better than probably Fabinho in many senses actually I really like Fabinho but I think as a standalone six Fabinho is the better option but if you're going to have Trent alongside him I think having someone like Lavia who plays it so differently is actually perfect for the job Um, that's not to say Lavia will come in and replace Fabinho because I think being so young helps him in that sense he doesn't need to come in and play all the time he'll drop into games he'll play Europa League stuff domestic cups give Fabinho a rest which is also vitally important because coming back to Curtis Jones and McAllister before having someone to give our main lads a rest we just haven't had in recent years so Fabinho desperately needs that as well I think it's quite clear to see so I I would like us to get the deal done I wouldn't like us to get the deal done for 50 million that feels way way over the price tag for me Um, the the 40 million clause is something that the City have for next year I don't even know if City would trigger it they're not getting involved this summer because they have Calvin Phillips and Rodri so they don't really have any need to go and sign another DM um, but yeah like I say I do hope we can find a middle ground with Southampton on this but for me 
I think Southampton, the problem they've got is, is they want best price for him anyway because he's probably their prized asset. But also the fact that they are going to lose 20% of it straight away kind of ties their hands even further because they know that if we offer 40, they're not getting 40. Yeah. So we might have to add the 20% on for Southampton's sake. It was a difficult deal to do, but I think the player wants to come to us. Jürgen Klopp clearly wants a player. So I still hope that we can get the deal across the line. What about you, Chloe? 50 million? Absolutely not. Uh, a lad who's 19 who's played 17 more senior games than Stefan Bajetta just not worth 50 million I like him decent player we can make him homegrown can't we he's actually yeah. from Belgium yeah. so you know that is a massive pull factor for Liverpool I think that is potentially also why we changed uh, sites I was so set on Kefton to Ram loved the lad would still adore him if we could make shift him into a six but that's me just with like a career mode head on instead of what Liverpool really Really need they do need the more uh, kind of six or lot Dan said which is why Lavia f- perfectly fits that I would not be going higher than 32 mil to be like, 30, 35 to be specific 35 million for Chloe 35 is too much for me that I'm in between 30 and yeah. 35 um, yeah he's, he's, he's too young to be a, and add too less appearances to be 50 mil Kefren Saran would have been 50 mil he's playing in the fucking championship next season you know yeah. what I mean? That's another that's another consideration point for this. And go on, Chris. What, 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 I, I'm in the same boat as Chloe. To be honest, I um, I really like him on the eyeball test. I don't like him in the numbers at all. In fact, um, I don't I don't actually agree that he's the right type of DM either. I don't see him as a ball hawk at the moment. You can play the six on his own. I think Dan's right when he says Fabinho is better suited to a six. So in defensive situations, I'd be going against really good sides. I'd actually be more concerned about having Lavia in than Fabinho. In attacking situations, right now, I see that he spots a pass. I can see that. You know, he, he, he's very proactive in terms of moving the ball and progressing the ball down the field and stuff. So I really like that. But Fabinho can do that as well. We've seen him do that consistently over the years. So um, I actually think he's probably the wrong type of defensive midfielder. But I'm basing it on what I see today. And Liverpool aren't. Liverpool are basing it on what he could be in a year or two years' time. And that's the big difference for me right now. And so, therefore, I think 50 million's ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. I think 40 million's pretty much ridiculous as well. I'm probably not going to be so specific as Chloe, <laughs> um, but like 34.75 million or like something like that. Now, like, I actually think 30 million's quite high oh, as well, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, okay. I think this is being batted over to the players' court. Yeah. And I think that's how Liverpool are playing this now is because of what you've just said. He is going to be playing in the Championship and Romeo Lavia is going to have to turn around to Southampton at some point and say... I don't want to play in the championship, lads. You're going to have to accept the offer that's on the table from Liverpool Football Club. That could therefore mean that this drags on a little bit longer than we probably expect it to. But if Liverpool get him for 30, 35 max, maybe, I think that's... I can see the sense in what Liverpool are trying to do. I say, I'm framing it on what I've seen today and yeah. what the past is. They're not framing it on that. They're seeing the future and I can't see that in the same way that they do. I just want to know what this does to Stefan Bajetic because I really, really love Stefan Bajetic. I think he's been brilliant. We all liken him to the fact that if Trent got injured, God forbid, maybe Bajetic does that role, which therefore I guess you do need another player as backup to go along, to, to keep switching out either him more fab um, but where the hell does this leave Stefan because like we've just signed McAllister we've signed Slobosly on the other side you signed in Lavia to play the position where Bajetic played last season before he got injured 
I don't know where I, I just don't want it limiting anyone else's progress, which I feel like it might. I be. don't mind limiting people's progress if they're better. Yeah, to be honest, mm-hmm. and that's what okay. it will yeah. come Inferior down to. Inferior players have their time yeah. limited. I mean, it, uh, the only counterpoint to that is when you've got a promising young player and you go out and buy like a twenty-seven-year-old global superstar for that position instead of trusting your development. But no, I, I agree with you on that. I think the other thing is as well with Bacetic, I've heard rumours that he's not going to be fit at the start of the season. I don't know how mm. true these rumours yeah. are. We're, we're talking maybe a month or two months. I think this age, just sort of 18 to 21, in terms of physical development, sometimes going up to Kurt Jones's age, like closer to 23, you can you can come across quite a lot of stumbling blocks as a young player. We saw it happen to Stephen Gerrard, Michael Owen at that time as well. I think there might be a little bit of edge in your bets on this in terms of the Lavia and Bajetic and just wondering, is he going to be okay through these years? They've seen the injury that he's got. We haven't. Mm. They might look at that and go, yeah, actually, might not, we might recover fully. You never know. The name come up in the comments, actually, and it reminded me of uh, someone put Damien Plessis as one of the names. Uh, Graves Davis is Plessis, Altishere, Craig Linfield, as young lads who starred in pre-season. But Plessis... I think I used him as an example during last season. It's like, where's our Damien Plessis? And this guy isn't, Romeo Lavia isn't that. What I mean is, Liverpool was short. There was a spell where we were desperately short for central midfielders. Mm-hmm. And Damien Plessis is in the under-21s and he's six foot four, and he's a DM. And he was never really good enough to play at that level. Well, he was tons of fun. But he was fine. But he fit the profile for what we needed to come in and, and step in. We don't seem to have that in the unders at the moment. We've got Bobby Clark who, yeah. wants, who wants more game time, but he's not... He's not for being you know, two. I'm not even sure Pachetic really is. You know, he's. I'm not. I'm not 100 certain what his position is. He was a centre half. We tried him at six and he looked really good. We then tried him at eight and he looked even better. Mm. Um, I, I agree. I think that Liverpool have to box smart a bit on this. Is that 30 to 40 to 50 million is ludicrous for effectively a, a, a Fabinho's understudy because that's where he's at in his development. I think right now. Um, but they're playing the long game here, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, just on the possessive stuff, uh, the point you make there, I, I actually think we might see his longer term future as an eight um, person. I really do because I think he was very impressive in that role. I don't think Lavia hasn't got the physicality of Fabinho either, but he's probably slightly upper level in terms of physicality from Pachetic. Mm-hmm. And you do want a little bit of that, of course, you do. So I wonder whether we do see him as potentially sort of a longer term eight. And I wonder whether his fitness is definitely a thing because Neil Jones said he won't be quite ready for the start of the season. He obviously got involved in pre-season the other day. So you do wonder where he's at in terms that maybe there are some concerns there. And also the biggest factor in all this is Thiago's future. Like we're all sort of stressed about adding one. But Thiago, I don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the season because he didn't train at all the other day. He didn't get involved in the slightest. I think his injury continues to go and will even be at the club at the start of the season. So if we lose one all of a sudden, there's another hole there where you can add a Lavia. We need to, uh, that's, yeah, there's some big questions on those because what you can't afford to do is spend quite a lot of money on rebuilding the midfield and have it fall short because you're still carrying injured football players into the season and trusting that they're going to be fine as the season progresses. Uh-uh. Don't don't repeat that mistake again. I'm fine with holding lads who, who actually, who you know can't play four games in, in in a week or two or two weeks period mm-hmm. you know it's something you have to be careful with you can carry a couple of them in your squads but don't presume someone who hasn't had a pre-season is going to have a stellar season that follows that because that is the absolute killer that always does us in um but you can do it if you you know if you got oxide if you ever got oxide chamberlain a good pre-season he'd have a, he could have a good season nabby would have a better season if he played in, in in pre-season and so on so again go back to hedging the bets on this is imagine spending 
100 million pounds on Sobers Lai and McAllister, but then Fabinho gets crocked and Stefan Bacetic is only understudy and he's not mm. played all, all summer and then he's on he's on a hand to dot and so there's definitely a bit in that. I think there's a general consideration in the comments here. I think people are kind of agree that the money's a bit is a bit too much. It's I just think we're so desperate for which is the the sweet sucker of signings, aren't we? That it sometimes you do go it's tending to go, ah fucking gives a shit. Go and spend it. I, I want to do priorities off the back of this. We'll do this in, in part two. Has anyone got any final thoughts or anything on Lavia before? Is he only 5'9"? Five 5'11", nine? Five yeah. I think. He's bigger than the age. Oh, okay, yeah, isn't he? He's just under six. And he's probably not finished growing yet, to be honest with you. At 19, okay. like. I think he's 5'10", at most. I can, I, can I caveat something? Ste- uh, sorry, transfer market is very misleading on this, by the way. Every ref's got it, and they're normally yeah. pretty accurately. Yeah. I, I'm sure it was 5'11 on there. Have we, have we not saved an amount of money on Lexus McAllister? Like we probably have. Nobody thought we'd get in for thirty-five million. Mm. Nobody. You know, but then Liverpool mind. didn't probably expect to pay a release clause in one hit either. That is that is true. Yeah, but if you read certain reports, we haven't actually done that. So <laughs> there's different conversations <laughs> around that as well. So maybe, maybe there's is something. This big advertisements in town. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we are gonna. Maybe we might overpay for Lavia, is what I'm going to say. Maybe we, are, we might pay £10 million more than we'd really like to for Romeo. But just to get it done, we just go and do Because Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City all want this footballer. Yeah. Like, there's a reason behind that. And I think maybe we just might be willing to say, do you know what? Yeah, it's £10 million more than the ideal world, but we've saved £25 million on McAllister. Do we still want a centre-back as well, though? Like, where's... Surely we do. We should I, I, Once again, we don't know how much is left in the pot, but... This is where you've got to look at Tiago and maybe Matip to to bring some money in because I think I I I think we need a sense back before we get the third midfield. Well, let's pick that up in part no, two, which is literally know. called transfer priorities. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That was a little sneaky. great segue, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but no, but it just last on the lavish stuff is it, it's interesting because it's the Liverpool now know how much it's going to cost and the question is if you know and if you've got the money you can push that whenever you want but we might find this is similar to what we had a couple of weeks ago with someone like Gabby Vega and, and obviously Kevin Tehram as well Does, is there is there a, a dire pressing need to get this done today or tomorrow or can they afford to just see what develops with that Maybe that might. I, be I think valid. I think you're right there. I think they probably can because I see it like you do, where I don't see that he's the day one starter, and therefore it doesn't matter as much as getting a McAllister or Sobersley through the door. Who I see as day one starters. Absolutely right. Very short break from us. When we return, we're going to be discussing the priorities, which other positions do we think that Liverpool really need to go hard for this summer in a bit. Hey everyone, brand new month, brand new incredible Liverpool competition prize over on redmenplus.com. It is this, it is what we have affectionately dubbed the Legends shirt. Every former Liverpool player that we interviewed over the course of the season, we got them to sign this wonderful Liverpool home shirt. That includes, and let me get the list for you, you've got Rush, Aurelio, Skirtle, Aldridge, Steve McMahon, Mark Wright, Jay Spearing, and Adam Lalana. All you need to do is go to redmenplus.com, uh, join as a club legend, or upgrade an existing subscription from club captain to club legend, and you will be in the prize draw at the end of the month for our incredible Liverpool legend shirt. Redmenplus.com. Cheers. 
Yeah, become a legend tier subscriber on redmanplus.com. Get yourself our awesome legend shirt signed by all those random, random full Liverpool players. The only one of them in the world. Uh, and you can you can say that when that's hung on you all, uh, when you win that at the end of the month. Right, um, priorities. I'm going to start with, kind of rewind the clock up the best part of a week but James Pearce wrote an article which set Liverpool Twitter once again aflame um, saying they didn't think there'd be any more signings they'd be triggered by sales more than anything else so first off Chris Page where do you stand on that as a concept it kind of makes sense I, I think um, apologist because I don't think that it's the truth and I think that Liverpool want people to think it's the truth the same way that 24 hours before we signed Sobberslide we were working in an incredibly tight budget and then we spent nearly £70 million on the lad uh, the next day. I think Liverpool have always been canny in the market. I think it is important that we do recoup money at some point during the off-season um, before the season starts if we want to fill in all the voids. Um, I don't think we can do all the work that we need to do in this without doing it, but I do think one more signing without recouping anything is absolutely fine. Chloe? Uh, yeah, very much similar to, to Chris. I think you can afford to get one player in and then you need to start potentially getting other people off your wage. Bill Lightyard will probably be sat on quite a hefty amount of money um, and you've also got to be thinking about those people who whose contracts end next summer and you'll get absolutely nothing for them then. Let's not continue making the same mistake. Let's be a bit more ruthless um, because at the end of the day, if that's being reinvested in the club, then it's the, the best uh, action to take. Yeah, yeah, I, I had a slightly different read on it, um, which is very typical of me. Um, I, I had it more down as a numbers game, not in terms of monetary, in terms of squad size. Mm. The way James Pearce wrote the article suggested yeah. to me that there was just too many midfielders at the football club. We included Tyler Morton in it, which who knows how that'll be, how the land lies and when his future gets decided in the coming weeks. But for me, it was more of a numbers thing. You just can't add Romeo Lavia to the nine senior midfield options already had doesn't make any sense so I do think there is money at play here as well you do want to recoup some money I, the Thiago thing is clearly he's the, the elephant in the room in all of this because he's 200 grand wages he's injury prone he's not fit now so on and so forth he's not the future etc etc I do think there is a market whereby he moves on and that would make a lot of so even like the biggest Thiago fans that we own probably me are thinking do you know what we could probably sell him you know what I mean yeah. so I definitely think there's a world whereby that happens but it's also in terms of money I think it's more the fringe players that you've got to be looking at and be a bit savvy with like Chloe mentions not moving on players in the final 12 months of the deal we've been diabolical at that quite frankly yeah. but it's your Nat Phillips of this world like Nat Phillips has to leave for his own sake yeah. at this time around but if you get 10, 12 million for him put that into your pocket as well and that into your coffers that frees up some something else you can go and do so we do need to be savvy money is definitely a thing but I read the midfield situation as more where do you fit him like where do you fit him in the squad so I wonder whether we need to lose a midfielder probably Thiago before we can add one I, I agree with that that was my that was my general reading of it and I again it comes back to it's a whole business it's a whole windows business we're trying to do here and I think it, it is it's, it's squad because it's all well and good saying get your players in then sell the players you want two things A that's not how we like to do business because we like to maximise what we're getting in the sales and when you've got a bunch of players who are outside of your registered squad effectively well you've just halved their value or you know you, you lead to a fire sale which is, I think they'll be keen to avoid but there is also that world where what if they t what if Thiago just goes you know what I'm fine I'll stay for I'll, I'll just stay for a year I'll just stay and I'll play what I play I'll see my contract out and then I'll go and move on at the end of it 
players don't have to move if you don't want if they don't want to move ultimately you can make it uncomfortable I'm not sure how uncomfortable we would make it for certain players I don't think Klopp has really has lots of that in him maybe some frank conversations just be listen mm. to yourself a favour and sling it up and you know we, we'll all crack on but that squad harmony thing I think is a, is a big part of this there, there, we have those footballers Um and I think that's true. We've we've got a we've got a full squad of players. I think at this point, more or less, I think there's one. You know, even go back to that point of the non-homegrown thing we looked at last week. Yeah. There's maybe one more space in the squad. Um, we do need to move some lads on. I think you could. You're only looking at maybe if you sold all the fringe players. What are you getting in cumulatively? Forty million, maybe. Probably about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is no small chunk of change, but it's not. I don't think Liverpool's business is going to hinge on selling five players at a total of forty million pounds to make the rest of everything kind of tick. But um, I do think they're going to box clever with what mm. comes next. Um, we had a, uh, just to, just quickly jump back with a super chat from Michael Ramsey. Ten years ago, you bought rubbish Hendo twenty million, sixteen mil, uh, which is the equivalent of forty million now. So Lavia is way better than all your young players. Solid. Um, and oh, Scott Hawk says, if only for understanding how we utilise the remaining homegrown slot, we'll be cagey with the next signing, which I expect to be a defender, but need to see how the market develops. Did uh, that lad give us money to comment that? Yeah. Oh, that was such a shit comment. <laughs> thank thank you. you so much. Um, <laughs> I, just going through it, Chris, just to listen positions. Um, right wing forwards, DM, Trent cover slash right back, right centre back, left centre back, left back. Um, our squad would be improved by buying a player in any of those positions. But one more so than all the others. Which you think left is. Left side of centre half. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the you can improve your first team position. The others you improve your mm. squads. I think the the left side of centre half thing is massive, and this goes back to squad management because at the minute we've got two lads for that position, but I don't think either of those lads are ideal candidates for that position. Um, but to the idea of moving Andy Robertson and Costa Simicast on in a summer and then effectively having to buy two of the lads. I don't think that's what they'll do. But this goes back to this to your point maybe, Dan, of it's all well and good. I think it might hinge on Costas because mm. they'll go and buy a left side of centre half, but you've got a fifteen million pound ish maybe you get more for Costas now. I don't know. We, you know, we paid about that for them, yeah. didn't we? Um what what is there any like any massaging around that they can do to kind of shift him out and that he might be the linchpin he very much that. is he very much is and, and to the point about the money I think you do get more from him than that to be honest with you because we signed him for 12 and a half and he had no elite football experience essentially like Greek League Olympiacos yeah. fine but he's played in the Premier League he's played Champions League since then he's become more of an established international since then so I do think Liverpool especially like for all our flaws in business and we have had some flaws in business in the past sort of 18 months we do still tend to get good money for players when we sell them Vian Booster for instance Dom Solanke etc so I do think we'll be pushing the 20 million mark for Simicast but he absolutely is the key to that left sided situation in terms of what we can do because if we do sign one which I agree with Chris and Chloe on I think that should be the play obviously because Robertson doing a job there is very much Robertson doing a job there it doesn't yeah. suit him at all so if we do sign an elite one and one who's tailor-made for the role perfect but then you do look at Simicast and say well Andy Robertson's the backup to this new lad we just signed what are you like yeah. with all due respect what does that make you you're of 27 26 you should be playing 
football somewhere, you know what I mean? And you're not going to be, so where do we go from here? Do you think that the Robertson situation actually makes buying the left side of centre-half easier than any other of the defensive positions, Chloe? Because as, as you, with the formation shifted, it's not like you're going by Virgil van Dijk's understudy. I mean, I know he's, there's a case that might be saying he's starting to fade, or the beginning of it, certainly. Tell any centre half in the world, all oh, right, I'm 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 there. I'm gonna fight with Virgil Van Dijk for a place. All right, sounds good one. Yeah, I'll go and join someone else. Thanks. Canate still young. It'd be a difficult sell, I think, to buy someone there. Even if you get a young player for this, though, now you're saying you'll definitely get games. But Andy Robertson's probably not gonna want to stick around beyond this season anyway. I'd guess if that role's not right for him. So someone like a Levi Colwell is an example of this. He's saying, yeah, mate, you're not going to come in and play 50 games for us this season. You've got to get ahead of Andy Robertson, but you probably will because you're more suited to this formation and then it's your place to lose from next year onwards. Yeah, potentially. I, I don't know. It, it it seems quite sad having a team without Robertson because mm-hmm. you think of the graft that he puts in, the way he plays for the badge. He leaves absolutely everything out on the pitch and I totally understand, you know, he's not tailor-made for the position that we are we are doing. He's much defensively more solid than Costas, which is why it makes sense as a backup. But having Andy Robertson, who, by the way, you know, was once a couple of years ago the best left back in the world is still very much up there to not have him in the system is actually ludicrous to think about how good of a player he is but yeah I guess if he he is an asset where if Liverpool in a year's time he comes to them and says look this doesn't fit me I want to leave you can get a decent amount of money for it I would not like it because I'm very sentimental but it does make it easier because that the, those players like the Levi Curler which you know I'd love to see him in red um, if he comes in he knows he's the future and he knows he's got a ladder to step up into um, so yeah there, there's, there's potential for that Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen, premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
I think Robertson and Fabinho, Chris, just just for for talking, they're the opportunity for Liverpool to to reset and go again in terms of fixing the mistakes that they've got wrong over the last few years or holding on to lads a little bit too long. You know, they're both twenty nine. I think you'll be thirty, not thirty, this season. Um, it's a good time in the next twelve months to look at moving those on you know if you're going to get the maximum value you've gotten the best definitely gotten their best years out of them they might well have some more good years ahead of them but their value is never going to be higher than it's going to be in the next in the next 12 months and that's how you you get back to being what Liverpool were in terms of being able to refresh the squad I think I think so yeah I think you're right I, I'm very much aligned with Chloe on this one to be honest that there's a part of me that's absolutely gutted that we're even talking about it you know the the, the respect that I have for Andy Robertson um, in particular and Fabinho to be fair like but ultimately if it's there's no point hanging on to a left back if you don't play a left back no matter how good they were yeah. like we could have fucking prime Roberto Carlos no matter Doesn't play, wouldn't play in the system yeah. doesn't yeah. suit the system he's too small yeah. thighs are too big we need him to be taller <laughs> um, and ultimately there is a massive knock on effect I believe for Ibu Kanate and I think that's why Ibu Kanate got exposed so much at the back end of the last season because Robertson does like to go forwards and you're leaving two people to cover three people's job essentially in the system that we've got um, me and Josh did deep dive on this um, about Levi Colwell and and sort of Andy Robertson last Friday uh, on Redmen Plus, specifically looking at uh, one of those issues and stuff. So um, it'd be gutting to see Robertson go, but like it's cutthroat, isn't it? You know what I mean? It, you've got to improve, and that's the easiest place to improve on, as I see it. I think there's lads there, Dan, who are, are intelligent enough footballers, they're committed enough sports people, athletes, mm. that they'll be able to do a job for us in the short term and stuff. And like Jordan Henderson's that. I think Thiago's that. James Milner was clearly that before that. I think Robertson's that too. Yeah. Um, and that's fine for, I think, for a short term, while we're rebuilding to something more, I don't think we can do it all in one hit. So again, I don't think the Robertson issue is an issue this summer. You know, I'm saying, Andy, don't worry about do you mates. I wouldn't be looking to shift him on anytime soon because again, I think it's too much business. Mm-hmm. But the Costa Shimica stuff is one way you do have to look at it and go, I mean, look, it's one's twenty-seven, one's twenty-nine, thirty. Mm. Shimika should be the guy to keep, but I don't know that. I don't. I'd, I'd hedge me bets more on Robertson holding his own for another season. Yeah, I mean, you can see we're going to talk about it on the Bias Football Podcast, but um, Arsenal are happy to let Tierney go by the looks of it, and he's a, he's a cracking left back. Mm. But again, that's not what they need in the system. You do have to be ruthless, and we've been accused of not being ruthless enough. Mm. These are good examples of where we might need to turn that round. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I don't think we have been ruthless enough, quite frankly, in the market with some of these players. I think Jürgen Klopp, you know, he's got hundreds of, if not thousands, of positive elements to his management. But one of the very, very few negatives is he is too loyal to some of these players. I don't think we can really beat around the bush on that. And I think part of this change in the way we go about things should be a more ruthless nature and we should be able to cut ties with football when it's when the time is right and I agree with you Paul that the time isn't right to cut time to cut ties with Andy Robertson now because he's ahead of Costa Simicast as a footballer so if you are looking at one of them two going which one do we keep around our backup it's Robertson all day long and you're right he's an intelligent enough man he's captain of his national team so he's got leadership qualities as well that he brings to the party and this is one of the things when the Henderson stuff came out it's like you've already lost your vice captain James Miller you've lost some other senior figures like them or loathed them 
you don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater. You're doing this huge rebuild. You want to keep some familiar faces around who know the system, who know what's going on. They can help integrate the new lads, etc., etc. And Andy Robertson will 100% be one of them for this upcoming season. Whether we sign one, I hope we do or not. But yeah, I think further down the line, there's definitely, definitely scope. And people were talking again about Fabinho maybe being ruthless for him because he had a pretty nightmarish season by his standards last year. Let's, let's again be quite frank about it. But I, I think you'd be... That'd be going ruthless to the extreme. That'd be overboard if you sort of went, right, bad season, gone. Fabinho, whatever. Robertson, don't suit the system, gone. That's too far. But I do think when we're sat here next summer, we should be saying, right, now's the time to sell these lads because we're not going to get anything like the money ever again. Yeah. I played devil's advocate here for one mm, second. And bear in mind, I'm in the same place as you. Now's not the summer. What's the figure that makes you go, okay? For, Robertson. for Robertson. 80, 70 to Sorry? 80 mil. 70? Robertson? Yeah. No, it's less than that. What did... No, no, that's to get him out now. They'd have to give me 70 or 80. No, I'm so, it's still less than that for me, I'm sorry. 50. Really? Yeah, I think if somebody came to say with 50 million... And I love Andy Robertson, of course. It goes without saying, I don't even know why I said it. But it's still <laughs> 50 million. And, and it's similar for Fabinho, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, Just thought like it, was, it was an interesting one. I was I, In my head when I asked it, I was thinking 50 to 60, so yeah. Really? You're not pushing either of them out the door, by the way. This is no, different yeah, yeah, yeah. If Real Madrid come in with a £50 million bid, then thank you. Of course, you. you'd be stupid not to. If that allows you to go, and again, it's all knock on impact, so great. It's having, not going to happen. No, no, it's not. Yeah, but it's like this thing. It's great having 50 million burning a hole in your arse pocket. It's like selling your house before you've bought your next house. Mm. You know, I mean, we've had conversations around people doing this, Chris, and it's hilarious. When we go, oh, great, don't go buy or sell me house. And then you go and look at the market and go, oh, I, I, more expensive than when I bought yeah. my house. <laughs> what can I buy with this? Oh, <laughs> not worse. Okay, crap. Uh, I'm, under, I'm undervalued. Why did you move out of a four-bedroom house into a two-bedroom bunker? That was all that was available. Why yeah. did you sell your house? I'm agreed. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, so you know, if that's if you, if they're determined that someone like and this is just pure hypothetics, just to reiterate everything we're saying here, if that's Levi Colwell and you've decided that he is the one, he's the next dot dot dot. Then, and that facilitates that sound. I still don't think it solves the problem of I don't think Simicash can play left centre half. So even if you got rid of Robertson, you still probably have to get rid of Simicash as well. So you're still doing two, whereas I think Robertson is you digging and you and you let him you let him fight. You let him fight for it because moreover, it, as we talked about, it's the characters. It's it keep the lads who are prepared to fight and die and do whatever's necessary for you for the club, for the shirt, for the fans, all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying Costas wouldn't do that. I just, I know I know what I'm getting from Andy Robertson. That's 110% any position you put him on the pitch. Yeah. Maybe that's why I went up and estimate I would not sell him for 50 mil. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I think that's because Levi Colwell's 50 mil apparently. Yeah. So that's literally just getting me a, a, one person and then I've got to deal with Costas. God forbid if Levi Colwell got injured. He's only a young lad. Who knows how his body would keep up game in, game out. He played 13 games across, I think, the Premier League last season for Brighton. Um, he had a little injury spell, but aside from that, he was, he was on the bench. He wasn't used every single game. 13 games is, you know, it's it's under half of the, the, the Premier League games that, that there is there. So for me, a 50 mil is far too little because I need 
the replacement and then I need a backup still because Costas and maybe if you sold Costas then yeah but I feel like that's a lot of work to be done and also I think the, the teams who were linked with Robertson which I, I it was absolute bullcrap but it was the likes of Real Madrid I know you have money if you think I'm giving you him for 50 mil if that's what your first bid is absolutely not oh yeah absolutely um, uh, 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 I'm still taking 50 <laughs> it was a really compelling argument but I'm still taking 50 yeah, uh, sorry Comment here from Jason Knight who says, Issue is, what if back four comes back into fashion and we have no proper left backs? Um, now, this is very much a person who hasn't lived that life where you go, I'm going to keep my skinny clothes in the wardrobe ready for when I eventually lose weight down the line. Word of advice, bin all the clothes that you don't fit in anymore. And if you manage to get back to treat yourself down the line with buying yourself some clothes that actually fit, yeah. waiting for things to come back in again. Um, give me a great, great I've example. i throw those shell suits out actually yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> I told you, best example was that, that 1990 that I did as top and I adored that and I kept that for years. It was my dad's one. I kept it, wore it, and I was like, this will come, come back around at some point. And it did. When we had Adidas last time, they made a brand new version of it and I just looked like I had this monkey crappy dirty <laughs> old one compared to all these pristine new ones that everyone had you can't live your life worrying about what that, what's going to happen in the future we've got to be all in I, I, I think we've been quite and that's why I don't think we'll get rid of both of them this summer by the way is maybe a little bit of what Jason's saying I think we're hedging our bets a touch with what with our business so far because they're lads who fit in with moving the formation more mm. red, readily to the, the to the box midfield but I could easily see us going back to four three three or doing a, you know I mentioned yeah. last week being unpredictable though. What's, what's wrong yeah. with that? Like if if we're not sure what formation we're going to be playing, then what, the opposition's got no chance, have they? <laughs> that happened last year, but with the players on the pitch, and it didn't help us. Yeah. <laughs> but but look at what City City are doing. It City are getting rid of all their fullbacks. You know, we mm. Cancelo obviously you'll come back, but they're trying to they're trying to get a pair of The likes of this, he'll play fullbacks though. He'll go to a he'll go to a back four and just have Riyad Mahrez doing yeah. right back yeah, or something yeah, yeah. mad knowing him. That Sergio Gomez that they bought yeah. got an absolute came out after the game in that final and absolutely shat all over Cole Palmer. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see which one of them leaves this summer mm. after that's happened. Uh, because Sergio Gomez absolutely dragged Cole Palmer through the mud. Um and I wonder who's gonna get shipped out because of that, because Cole Palmer is the up and coming next generation of, of City. This Sergio Gomez lad you can be replaced in a heartbeat. Um, you got the assist for Curtis Jones and Nicole Palmer. I know. Lovely yeah. ball. Yeah, it was great, right. wasn't it? Um, it really fizzed it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis Jones, I mean, you know when they say the pass Into the corridor of art. instructions on it. That was one of them. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Jay is saying, uh, chill, well went for 50 million. Uh, and also says, Robbo, 70 million minimum. Yeah, fine. Love you, thank you. Uh, chill was like 23 side. at the time. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like, he's you, you're gonna sell. Miller. You know, he's an established world-class footballer. Those players move for stupid money all the time, don't they? Saudi. I have a buy-in already. I would want and the exactly. Robinson, and the Robinson exactly. would cook in Saudi Arabia. No, there's no way he's playing in Saudi Arabia. He'd be in big trouble. He's not strong enough. Yeah, he's just not made for that climate. Wow. I want to ask a couple of people talking about the Jordan Henderson Saudi stuff in here, so mm. we might as well. Um, but before we do, uh, Jaden Granville just sent a super chat in, one for Dan. Um, which current LFC player would make the best fast bowler? Oh, good question. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, Virgil van Dijk might be the one. 
He's a big lad. Yeah, he gets it down. Yeah. I reckon with JB handful. I think he's too lax to whatever the hell the is. Lacksadaisy, yeah. I say not lacksadaisical. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he, I think he. Mohamed Salah, mud bowls, lovely little slow left arm spin. If we were having a cricket chat, he'd be a lovely little slow left arm spinner. Yeah, he'd be really I, nice. I feel like Virgil's Cody Gaspo. just too calm. Darwin Nunes would be wild. Oh, Darwin like Nunes, he'd be hard work. Mark Wood esque. Darwin in, Nunes, in, in like more baseball says in the film Major League, they got a character called Rick Vaughan who's played by Charlie Sheen, who's got this unbelievable fastball. But it turns out he's, he's got bad eyesight, so he nearly like kills people with it. I reckon Darwin would be a bit like that. Yeah. He, you know, if if he hits the if he go, if he gets it in line, you're in trouble. It's cleaning yeah, you yeah. out on what? the stump cells or whatever. But more often than not, he's 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 yeah. He's bowling short and it's bouncing high. Yeah, there's a fellow from Australia called Sean Tate years ago, bowled like hundred mile an hour rockets. And he called him the wild thing because he had no idea what was going on. That's definitely that's rock for major league because mm. that's yeah. the theme music for that guy's. Yeah. Um, what about Alison? Can actually throw a ball. No, no, yeah, Alison, no, I don't think. More of a batsman, Alison. Yeah. Well, who's the spinner? It's Mo Salah. Oh, yeah. Mo Salah would like be guile. Mo Salah would be hard work. Yeah. yeah. Crafty, just smiling at you as you miss him all the time. Yeah. yeah. Set you up as well oh, a few probably, times. Yeah. And then just give you a send off and you went. Yeah. There we go. Um, Hendo, Saudi. I don't think he'd be very good at cricket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stephen Gerrard, um, we were going to talk about the Stephen Gerrard stuff more on the bias transfer pod after this. Um, um, Outrageous, just the whole thing. We had a good laugh about this last week. I'm I'm in on like Gerrard watch. Yeah, fascinating. Um, Do we think Jordan would follow Gerrard over there? I don't think Jordan would be training that hard if he's going to Saudi Arabia. Okay. That's true. No, it's a good point. (laughs) It's a fucking true. Good point. Yeah, he's training for a big season with us. Not in. He might be the Lackey. most ripped person that's ever lived. Yeah, he shredded. Put and say, put him next to Salah. They're having like they're having the six pack challenge. Yeah. yeah, fair play to him. No, I don't see it myself. I do, from from any perspective, really. I mean, obviously, there is a perspective whereby Gerard would take him one hundred percent. But Henderson, no. Not not now. He's going to want to be a part of this rebuild and going to want to be front and centre of it, quite frankly. Yeah. And we, why would we? It's stupid. It's daft. We've already got rid of James Milner. This is why last last week when I was talking about it, I said I'd sell Thiago before I'd sell Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson's English, obviously, but aside from that, he is your captain. We've already lost James Milner, who was sort of that role. He was the vice one. He was the one who... Um, kind of, you know, was there at the, the unders training and the academies. Jordan Henderson's now going to become that James Milner role and to get rid of him would make less sense than to get rid of Thiago who's only got a year and even though he, he is heavily experienced, he's not your captain. Mm. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I just think it, it is interesting that we're quite we're quite content with the idea of moving Thiago on but less content with the idea of Thiago's a better footballer than Jordan yeah. Henderson today. A million percent. But Jordan Henderson, as Chloe says, is the leader and you need someone who's going to set the level at Liverpool Football Club because mm. it was him and, and James Milner that set the level. You can't lose both for that. You How can't many years has, has he got left on his contract as well? He signed a new deal, didn't he, last year? Or so, like, sell him in a year's time. Two years' time. Yeah, the, ba- the baton needs to be handed over to somebody yeah. else and it, it ain't right now because it, it might be Trent Alexander-Arnold am I right in saying Virgil's going to be the vice-captain heading into yeah. this season mm-hmm. now um, still don't see him as setting the level every no. single week yeah, I agree. a different type of captain for me more your Gerrard than your Carragher type of a captain mm-hmm. um, 
could it be Trent? Could it be Robertson even? Maybe not now with what we're talking about earlier on in the show and stuff. So um, somebody's going to have to come in and prove that they are the next captain of the Puff Football because I don't see that we've got them right now. Mm. At what price would you sell Hendo? I wouldn't, actually. You wouldn't for any price? <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Realistic. There is a price here. There is a price, and it's probably 40 to 50 million, maybe something like that. But no one's coming in for 40, okay. 50 million for a 32 year old. Yeah, maybe. Um, who knows? It goes back to this thing again the unknowns about what we're doing. I, until I see more business, I can understand quite easily how you could unplug what Robertson or Simicass and put a left footed centre half in, and it would probably give us a bit more stability it would fit more naturally what we're doing I don't know that Henderson's natural anymore for almost any of the midfield roles but he covers three or four but he does and and, yeah. and and again it's a, it's a there's a lot of people talking about this you know I'm seeing it mentioned about buying players and squad depth that's what you want that's where we've got, we've done really well over the years and we've misstepped in the last couple is your first team has become your squad players and James Milner was the ultimate archetype and why I'd have kept him for just another year because you don't want him starting games of footy for yeah but you, you want to have that option around any given t- t- opportunity if you need it. And I think Henderson can perform that if he wants to perform that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's a, he is a fantastic squad player. I don't think he'll want to be that. I no. think he's going to give his all to I'm make sure that's so. not the case. Exactly. And that is and that makes him a, a brilliant player. squad player. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, makes exactly. him the leader. It makes him the captain and everything else. James Milner was on your depth chart in about seven different positions. Jordan Emerson, maybe three or four. The two lads that we've spoken about most today in terms of going out, Thiago, is more of a specialist. In a, in, I don't actually see where his position is in this side now. Uh, if I'm honest, and Andy Robertson, who's more of a specialist, mm. and then Costas Chimacas, who's a specialist. I want to see Jordan play in Trent's position and see if he can do it. And that might change my opinion on whether on the whole sell or no sell, because I think if he's an understudy for that at- right attack and eight, if he's like our second choice behind Sobers I'm a little concerned about that because I don't think he's a perfect stylistic fit for what we're looking to do. Is he cover for Fabinho, cover for Trent? Okay, is your cover for I don't know, God, right sided centre half? I'd be a little, a little bit more concerned about that, but it's not. That wouldn't be the end of the world. Mm. Uh, again, at a real like, you're having a mad injury crisis, or you need to give someone a big break. But until I know more about what he does, I'm with you. I wouldn't sell him because in my head right now he does cover all of those mm. positions, and that's quite. There's more I, value in that than, than what you'd get for selling him. I don't know if he's going to be first-choice cover in any of those roles. I think he might be second-choice cover in them all. I think he's probably behind Elliot and Sobersly for the attacking eight on the right. In terms of the six, he's definitely Fabinho, possibly Pachetic at full fitness, maybe the one we sign, whoever that is. In terms of Trent's role, it's obviously Trent, and then, I don't know, maybe a possibly a Bradley remains to be seen, but maybe even a Joe Gomez in that role, not in terms of going into midfield slightly differently. So I think that's also okay. Like, if Henderson's just third-choice cover, second-choice cover in a number of different roles, sounds We've only like... got about 35 games being not second-choice exactly, in yeah. all those positions. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. That's, that's okay. Like, listen, it's not going to be okay for him. We've all kind of referenced the point. He's going to want more than that. But for us as a football club, let's be greedy. Let's be selfish. Let's be ruthless and say, yeah, you're not first-choice anymore, but can you do a job when called upon? Yeah, you can. That's mm-hmm. fine by us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Also, I saw some chats about, like, your captain's got a stars, and not at all. Club captain is the club captain. We've had this. Did we have it when 
Jamie Redknapp was injured forever and he was yeah, the club yeah, captain. captain yeah. Yeah. And I, I think if you guys, if your captain is so important, if you need someone like that on the pitch, then you've probably not got the right mentalities on the play and the rest of your squad. If you need one guy to be the, the all important captain, then you've probably done wrong elsewhere. Yeah. And I, and I also say the, the bad teams have their best players as captain. Yeah. That's general rule. Yeah, yeah. And you think about the players that we've signed, Cody Gakko was a, was a captain. Captain wasn't he to say Gakko again? You think you got away with it? I think it's a pattern. I can't remember. Um, we've all we've had loads of patterns uh, across the field. Everyone we signed's been a pattern at some point. Sobers <laughs> yeah. lie. Is Captain hungry? Yeah. By the way, on you that know, point, yeah. I think look, Trent for me looks when he plays in that role that he's been playing in. He looks like captaincy material, but that's only because I recognise captaincy material as the guy who covers every braid of glass. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Braid of glass! Every braid of hair. Every braid of Um Yeah, the, the Gerard Beckham type one, but that's, yeah. I, I just I just want the, the team to sort it out for themselves. The armband's not, the armband matters off the pitch because you need a hierarchy. Yeah. Mm. And when you're, when you're organising and you're disciplined and you're you know, setting rules, and they, talk about, they talk about things like who collects the fines and all that stupid, which sounds like stupid petty admin shit, but that's all part of building a successful squad. You need all this kind of stuff as well. Now, I'm not suggesting Hendo's role is now he stands by the axe door <laughs> rattling a tin, you know, and, and asking people to drop stuff in the swear jar. You know, that's not <laughs> Of Nottingham, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's but he, but any and he won't want to be that anyway. So it's going to be interesting to see how we react. I I did do some of that slightly with my captain. So like last last couple of seasons when Harvey Elliott's been there, if it was an away game. I'd be more inclined to choose Jordan Henderson. I don't know why, whether it was to do with the atmosphere, whether it's to, to single players out, how, how a crowd can be, and whether, you know, it, it's a case of if something went wrong in that game, he doesn't have the crowd to get a hit to lift them up. Um, so I did kind of use things like that, and now it's probably less less so um, because of the quality that we've added in those positions. But last last couple of years, I've definitely sat there and I've thought, it's the same with Bobby Firmino. There's potentially been you know systems or games in which Bobby Firmino has been not being fit like the Champions League final he wasn't 100% fit but I was like no I, I want him on there more than anyone because it suits the system better he will play the position better he fits everyone perfectly and I've chose people like that more than others and that has had Jordan Henderson in instead of Harvey Elliott due to him being a captain um, but I, that won't be the, the same next season for me that I don't think just to wrap up and reiterate I guess what we've been talking about priorities then do we think this left side of centre half is priority number one right now yeah, yeah I think I said yeah. two or three weeks ago I'd imagine two midfielders left side of centre half then back to a midfielder if you've got the dough mm. yep. stand by it and do you think that dough will come from player sales then Judging by what the talk is, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Like the, the other thing is, I don't know where where are we with them super three year accountancy periods. Does anyone know? I've been reading the the stuff on the, the Athletic of the Man United the one years. for the next show. And off the top of my head, because no. you can totally make a loss, can't you? It's mm -hmm. just that you've got to make less than a fifteen million pound loss based on the three year accountancy period, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So like Liverpool could absolutely lose ninety million or hundred million this year as long as they recoup it in the next two, if that's how the years fall. So that's yeah. why I asked the question. Yeah. So I don't know. Um and then there's other ways, isn't there, of messing around with this type of stuff as well. Like will the launching of the Anfield Road be taken off it because you're investing in infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Does the AXA affect previous years? It probably did and all yeah. that type of stuff. So it's quite interesting. And ultimately what I think it means is if you can secure the funding, which is, you alluded to earlier about the Sobersly 
um, yes. release clause. Yeah. If you can secure the funding, that kind of doesn't really matter. And ultimately, FSG could put more money in in terms of shares anyway to negate those losses and all that type of stuff that we know that, you know, you spoke to Kieran Maguire, so you're probably mm-hmm. the best person to talk about this, but Liverpool potentially looking for 10, 15% investment. Yeah. That will have a direct impact on Liverpool because it won't be in FSG, will it? It will be in Liverpool That's Football in Club. Itself, yeah. And therefore, that will change the entire outlook. So if that gets done, poof, we could spend loads of dough. Mm, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be that might be more important than player sales. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, and it's funny because I spoke up to Kane about Mike Gordon sort of going back to day to day duties, and he essentially said that that suggests to him that he's narrowed the, the search down to a select number of parties, and now we're doing due diligence on those parties and signed to defining what the best way to move forwards is but yeah 10 to 15 percent like you say in three to four hundred million pounds for that 10 to 15 percent share and they'll be trying to work out whether that means to get a director on the board and all that kind of stuff it's still a long way off from this being done yet but to the point i suppose if fsg or the football club know that that money is coming let's just say november for argument's sake that in november we're going to get this influx of 300 400 million then can we afford to be a little bit more flamboyant in the market this time because they know they're going to get it back further down the line etc it makes me just life experience is never spend money before it turns because it's all you're guaranteeing something will go tits up before but between between now and then but how much do you reckon we'll get for tiago sorry if if i'd like 32 being specific, <laughs> I think that's a good number actually. Right, a million every year he's been on the planet, though. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take that. Right, sounds okay. Yeah, a million for every injury he's had in the last 12 months. Oh, we do be. Wow. Right, uh, if you want to get that interview that uh, Dan was talking about there, if you want more transfer content, and if you want all three episodes ad free of Bobby Firmino, Best in the World, our documentary series, uh, go to redmenplus.com. What's stuck on the bottom of you? Slides, it's on. No, it's just his, it's just his tag. It's just, oh, it's yeah, just yeah. take yeah. Sorry, Paul. It's not great podcast. <laughs> <I'll tell you laughs> If you want to get 50% off a yearly subscription to redmenplus.com, choose a captain yearly subscription and use the code Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y, 50% off, get a full year at half price and fill your boots with all that amazing transfer and documentary content this summer and beyond. Anyway, that's it for the Redmen Originals for this week. Thank you so much, everyone. You guys are all splendid. We'll get to the bottom of Dan's sliders off here. Um, and we'll return seconds. <laughs> next week uh, for another Redmen Originals podcast. Ta-da. Hey, so pre-season is just around the corner for the mighty Reds, but if you want to spend your days, weeks and hours celebrating a Liverpool legend, then check out Bobby Firmino, Best in the World, our three-part documentary series, episodes two and three, exclusively streaming on redmenplus.com right now with full interviews from so many of our amazing contributors, including the Liverpool skipper, Jordan Henderson, the greatest goal scorer the club's ever seen, Ian Rush, and a hell of a lot more right now go to redmenplus.com all episodes of Bobby Firmino best in the world streaming today